And we'll get uh, further analysis on that now as we bring in our first guest, John Wortham, uh, who is here from Sports Illustrated. John, how are you today? Good. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, I'm just, I was going over that Bianca match last night. I mean, that was grueling. That was heartbreaking for Canadians for sure, but a real gutsy performance. What was your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're all sort of waiting to see. Uh, we're, we're, we're used to seeing her injured and playing through injury, and we're just all sort of holding our breath, hoping this is uh, the, the function of playing three sets of tennis, and this is uh, sort of a, a the kind of groin injury you, you get over quickly and not something that's going to sideline her. But, no, I mean, she, she falls out of the top. I think she's number 20 now. So the ranking points yeah. come off. She didn't defend uh, her title. We're sort of calling it a title defense. But – she is so good, and she's still relatively young, and I think that she can really take a lot of positives away. Couldn't, couldn't close the match. Her body gave out on her, which unfortunately is nothing new, but um, I, I think there are a lot of positives, and you just, you just hope that um, you know, a few days of rest is all that's needed here. I mean, it was uh, sad to watch for obvious reasons, but it was our first real sort of long look at her. She's been, as you as you detailed there nicely, John, you know, battling injuries really for uh, all of this year and, and certainly missed a lot of last year because of that and, and, and of course, COVID. But I, I guess the question that comes out of that is when you watched her play uh, leading up to last night and could compare it to 2019, what, what are the differences or are there any? I think, you know, and it's, it's understandable. I mean, she, she's had a really rough go of it over the last two years. The, the closing power just, just isn't there. And two years ago, it was almost like Layla Fernandez, where, uh, you know, she, she could do little wrong, and she always, you know, the crowd was on her side. She always seemed to have the right shots at the right time. That's going away a little bit. But I think that, um, you know, other, a, a lot of positives here, and you, losing 7-6 in the third is not the way you want to go out. But, um at the same time, she won three matches to get there. She beat some good players along the way. And, again, I think everyone's just kind of holding their breath that this is not the kind of injury that's going to take her out. You know, take her out for, for, for six days and not for 60. And what this does, and I think they pointed this out in the broadcast last night, is that there's no uh, past U.S. Open women's singles winner in, in action now. So this is this is open in the true sense of the word, and not the first time it's happened on, on the tour this year, is it? There is a, uh, a, a gaping chasm in this draw. And it, it's funny. I mean, I think we were all sort of uh, thinking women's tennis was finally settling down. And we had this, this core group of players. And, you know, Naomi Osaka had won four majors in, in the last three years. And uh, we, we you know, Simona Hollop and Ash Barty was a clear-cut number one. And this draw, I, I think I, I just said on the air, it's like the, the Star Wars cantina. I mean, it's just sort of this random group. And the one, we have eight players left. Only one of them has ever won a major. That's Barbara Krajikova, who's playing the U.S. Open for the first time. So, uh, you know, I mean, with the, the plus side of that is we have Layla Fernandez. And we have this, this 18-year-old British player. Um, it's, it's kind of the, the fun of these things. But this is, not the, uh, this is not the final eight anybody would have predicted eight days ago when this tournament started. So Leila Annie Fernandez uh, takes on Svitolina, and that'll be live on TSN 1, 3, 4, and 5 at approximately 2.30. What, what's your take on Leila Fernandez? We're all thrilled with this, of course. It's really great to watch, and some of this is just the tennis. I, I think it's wonderful that tennis can accommodate someone that's, uh, you know, five foot six inches tall and isn't serving 130 miles an hour. I mean, there was a time not long ago when people were worried that women's tennis was going to turn into just sort of, you know, 
giant ball bashing, and uh, that is not her game at all. I think she's done a really nice job of using, you know, she's not just a fan favorite, but she's actually using it to her benefit. Um, I mean, I think it's helping her tennis. She's sort of on, on the right side of, uh, of confident and cocky. Again, that's a lot of, uh, I, I think Bianca was very much the same way two years ago. It's fun that she's left-handed. It's fun that, uh, you know, Canada has become the, the tennis envy of the United States. And I think a lot of us, you know, I'm all jokes aside. I mean, I think a lot of Americans are saying, wait a second, what are you guys doing with your talent identification? If you've got a, you know, the, the seven-footer, Le- LeBron James athleticism, it's one thing, but how come your sort of five-foot-six-inch lefty is, uh, is taking this tournament by storm and we, meaning the United States, don't have a single player left in the draw, male or female. Um, but it's it's a great story. We're just, you know, this this country to the south that has uh, ten times your population is a little envious. <laughs> and we enjoy every second of that, of course, John. You understand that? <laughs> it's, uh, it's well deserved. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try and tie in Leila Fernandez with Felix Ojeda-Aliassime. His match against Carlos Alcaraz live on TSN one and four at approximately nine tonight. Of course, schedule uh, happening before him will dictate the exact starting time. But what I like about both of them, uh, if you could put them into the same category, they have this compete level. Uh, you know, there, there's a, a sort of a pushback at at some point things aren't going well, and the both of them are able to dig deep and are very, very competitive and, and very gritty, aren't they? Yeah, it's it's funny because it's sort of a, a different kind of grit, and Felix has has weapons and a sort of gears and levels of power that I'm not sure uh, Fernandez does. I I also think that um, they've both really done a nice job with this crowd, and you know, I mean, at, at some level, the the athletes are the athletes, and, and the crowd is. But in in tennis, in this individual sport where the fans are so close, where really you you take support wherever you get it. Crowds matter, and both of them have really sort of figured out a way. They're, they're both these endearing personalities. Um, they, they both, uh, you know, are, are not necessarily your t- typical tennis players, and they both really found a way to uh, not just win the crowd, but, but to use the crowd to benefit their tennis. I mean, the other thing with, with Felix is he, he's yet to win a title. We've known about him for a few years. I think there, there's sort of some murmuring of, you know, what, you know, is it time for a breakthrough? Well, he got to the second week of Wimbledon, and now he's backed it up here. And you remember that, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's still a young kid. So I think um, a, lo- a lot of optimism. I think you sort of he, he's this mix of, of youth and a very live arm, but also he has this really sort of measured, mature sort of uh, a, a kind of disposition that you can really respect. Um, again, uh, you, you have uh, you, the, the tennis gods have smiled on you. You're sort of spoiled, spoiled for riches. <laughs> Well, that's great. I mean, we enjoy that, and and um, you know, it's a one-two punch either way. On the men's side, when when Dennis was around, uh, Felix and Dennis were the one-two punch, and, and certainly Layla and and Bianca. And we sort of look at that as uh, it's a nice sort of Team Canada feel because it's not uh, as we've had in the past a solo act where all the scrutiny of the of the country is on one person. This is a nice team, and and they they support each other. That's a nice little feature, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think there's really something to that too, because we, you know, we, we see this with Naomi Osaka. We see this with, with players that represent one country. Uh, there's a lot of pressure there. And I, I think there's a real benefit to the fact that, uh, sort of the, the attention gets spread and the focus gets spread. And I mean, you basically have, you've got four, four players now, you know, whatever it is, 22 and under. 
Um, so it's going to be this way, presumably, for the next 10 or 15 years. But I, I think you're, you're on to something uh, in, in more ways than one. I mean, they, they push each other. Um, you know, it, it, there's probably a, a bit of a rivalry now. I mean, I'm curious if, if he gave Bianca truth serum what she makes of this sort of uh, younger Canadian that's now gone further in the tournament she won than she has. But the, but the flip side is I think there's something really advantageous of not everyone is getting all the attention. And I think that's something that uh, will, will really benefit all four of them. John, uh, specifically the matches, Fernandez against Spitalina and uh, OJ Aliasim against Alcaraz. How do you see these playing out? Um, I, I think they're both winnable for, for the Canadian players. I mean, they're much different matches. Uh, so Leila Fernandez beats Naomi Osaka, the defending champion, probably the best hardcore player in the world. She backs it up by beating Angie Kerber in three sets, a lefty, a veteran who's won this event. Uh, much different opponent today in, in Svitolina. I, you know, Svitolina is one of these players who gets to the latter rounds and then doesn't close. She, she's never won a major. She doesn't have trouble, it seems, getting to the quarterfinals or semifinals. She has trouble once she gets there. She's a much more defensive player, certainly, than, than Osaka. I, I think, um, I think, you know, I, I think Layla has a real shot. I just am curious how she's holding up. It's, it's been a whirlwind. I mean, she's, she's been through a lot in the last uh, eight days, and it's something that she played doubles as well. At, at some point, maybe yeah. there's a fatigue factor, but, but I think she has a really good chance. And, and then I think Felix, um, you, you almost hate to put it this way, but this, this would be a real disappointment if he didn't pull through. I mean, Alcaraz is, is really good. He's going to be in the top ten. Everyone, you know, is he the next Nadal? Is he the next Federer? I mean, there's a lot of hype around this kid, but, you know, 18 is 18. And um, in theory, you know, Felix ought to come through, and I, it's probably a bit of extra pressure for him. If, if you told Felix, you know, a week ago, you're going to play in the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open, and the guy you have to beat to get to the next round is, is 18 years old and ranked outside the top 50, he'd, he'd say, sign me up. So um, it's, it's an opportunity. He's also probably going to play with a bit of a burden, knowing if, if he doesn't win it will be a uh, bit of a sting to this whole tournament. John, uh, let's go back to late last week, Naomi Osaka in her post-match. I, I thought this was stunningly strong on her part to be able to articulate and fight through the tears and, and also the, the, the caution from who was ever controlling what she was saying to, to maybe wrap it up, that she persevered and told everybody exactly how she felt. What was your take on that? Um. Yeah, it was, it was it was hard to watch. I, I, that was um, my reaction as well. I, I think people sort of braced themselves that this was a possibility. There were a lot of questions about her uh, her, her mental state coming in. I, I think you're right. I mean, one thing that I've thought, I don't know if you've had the same thought, um, you know, whether it's DeMar DeRozan or, or Naomi Osaka or Kevin Love or Simone Biles. I mean, this, this has been something athletes are comfortable discussing. I'm, I'm wondering how many athletes from prior generations have also had these struggles and didn't have the vocabulary, didn't have the sort of the identification, didn't have the comfort of knowing that there would be the sympathy and people wouldn't just say, you know, shut up, enjoy your millions, and uh, people would kill to be in your position, just fight through it and be strong. I mean, I, I sort of wonder, I, I don't think mental health has all of a sudden started to uh, – impact professional athletes. I, I kind of, I, I see Naomi Osaka and I think back in the seventies, eighties, nineties. I mean, how many other athletes went through this and just didn't have the strength, courage, vocabulary to do what she did? 
Oh, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I mean, I could think of a lot of, um, uh, you know, pop culture icons that would have been trapped in, in the same sort of situation. Solo acts, I mean, tennis is a solo act, and, and you know, there are people that, that are responsible for you or, and, and you're actually providing a, a lifestyle for them. Then you might feel that you won't, don't want to uh, sort of end, end the run for them uh, at your own expense. I mean, that's a really, uh, dangerous position to be in, and I thought that, that the fact that she could persevere and do that is is stunning. I, I would totally applaud anything she did there. Yeah, and I also think that, um, you know, someone can say when you're a, a little kid, hey, if you're a tennis player, this is what, you know, you're, you're going to, uh, you know, you'll, you'll win a big tournament, or here you're going to hit the ball, you're going to travel. N- nobody can prepare you for the pressure, and you're totally right. I mean, it's, in an individual sport, it's only magnified. Nobody can prepare you for $60 million of wealth and companies and sponsorships and the, and the, the travel and the paparazzi and social media. Um, I mean, I've, I've heard people say sort of like, you know, if, if you don't like fame and you don't like attention, fine, but don't be an athlete. It's like saying if you don't like, if you don't like blood, don't be a surgeon. I, I don't think that's quite accurate because I don't think it's, you know, I, in Naomi Osaka grew up, if, if you didn't like hitting tennis balls, it's one thing, but I think there, there's no preparing anyone for the kind of fame she has. And saying, like, if, if you don't like it, don't be an athlete, I, I think this is the point. Yeah, I, I agree. And the fame and, and responsibility, which is tenfold. Let's talk about the men's singles. Uh, does anybody get in Djokovic's way? Um, it's a good question. I mean, I think uh, we, we were just talking about tennis as an individual sport. I mean, I think the, the way he doesn't win this thing is if it's sort of a tag team and uh, somebody really gives him a run and tires him out for the next round. Um, you know, he, he, his draw gets a lot tougher. He's had a very easy first week. He played a teenager. He played a qualifier. He played a player he'd beaten 16 times in a row. Last night he played Jensen Brooksby, who's, you know, admirable but ranked 99 and uh is a young kid playing you know his his first full season i i think that Djokovic's draw gets a lot tougher but i also think that um he is so good and especially in best of five where he can play less than his best for a long period of time and recover i i think he pulls this thing off i think it's going to take a sort of tag team you know maybe a, a one quarter finalist pushes him and he doesn't have the legs for the semis kind of thing but uh I, I would take him against the field, that's for sure. And it's just as, as a way out, John. I mean, it's just great to see pack stands at the U.S. Open again, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that um, it'd be beyond sort of the, the sheer quantity of fans, I think the fans are happy to be there. I think in a weird way, not having Serena Williams, Federer, Djokovic has kind of um, changed the whole vibe, the energy of this tournament since it's so wide open. They're not sitting there watching Serena bulldoze someone, you know, 6-2, 6-2 in 50 minutes. All these matches are so competitive and dramatic and up and down that the fans really are not just there but really engaged. And, uh, yeah, it's been, you know, in, in some ways, you say before the tournament, uh, you know, the, the defending men's champ, Serena, Venus, Federer, Nadal aren't going to be in the draw, and you sort of say, oh, man, that's a bummer. And in a weird way, it's, it's kind of been a disguised blessing, I think. John, really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Anytime. You got it. 
John Wertheim from Sports Illustrated going over the U.S. Open. Bianca loses at about, uh, well, it says on my lineup here about 2.13. I was awake. I think it was closer to 2.20, but I don't want to have an argument about that. And it was grueling. I mean, you really felt bad for the groin injury. There were a couple of plays where uh, Zachary forced her to come into the nets. And I don't know if you've noticed this. I noticed this with uh, Dennis Shapovalov as well. Uh, player charges to the net and uh, has to hit the brakes, uh, slippery surface. And they said it's either the, a combination of the surface and the shoes but I, I counted at least three where she did that. Actually, one was on the baseline where she had to reverse, and, and the bottom line was she did the splits. Uh, and so when you're doing that at full speed, uh, you know, something is going to give, and that was the left groin, so it was taped up. Uh, there was uh, you know, medical attention. There was a medical break. I think it was tied at three in the third set. But when she came back on the serve, when she landed on the left leg in pain, uh, the, the, the leg would buckle, and any kind of lateral movement, I mean, basically playing on one leg, uh, still very competitive. It was uh, a marvel to see. You felt, you felt really bad for her because you knew it wasn't going to work out. But this kid uh, battled through everything. And I say kid because she just turned 21. I mean, it's hard to, hard to fathom that she was 19 when she won the U.S. Open. Um, and so she's battled through all kinds of injuries. And there, I mean, she wanted to cry. I, I know. You could see it on her face. Um, and, and so it was difficult to watch. Seven six six seven three six. And so our hopes now go to the two that are left, 